Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. edition of the Network Podcast. I'm your co-host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my uh, Rutgers beat writer, Chris Nolaski. Chris, we just watched uh, Rutgers fall to Purdue in the Big Ten quarterfinals, 70 to 65. It's a game that Rutgers, you know, this whole tournament, they've looked far better than they have in weeks. Um, and this is a game that they were in the entire time. I think this is a game that if you played it probably 10 times, Rutgers probably wins at four. Um, I, I think you know, we had a lot of things going for us. The offense looked, you know, like it was alive again. We played fantastic defense. We also had to deal with a little bit of eight on five at different points. I, I didn't think the, the, the officiating was great. But what's your what's your instant kind of like high level reaction to this game? Yeah, I, th- I think I think Rutgers played extremely well in this one. Like the game was such a grind. It was so physical on on, on both sides. Uh, you know, Rutgers got out to a to a really really great start. I think it was seventeen to five. Uh, but but like obviously you knew Purdue was gonna call back at some point and they did, um, but yeah just like just overall it was two 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 really good you know good teams going at it uh, you know it was it was it was such a battle like I said it was so it was so so big you know you know it was so, it was so physical defensively um, I thought Rutgers did a really good job on Zach Eady early you know they 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 started double teaming him they had you know guards coming over trying trying to get steals. Um, and then Purdue, you know, started started making some some three pointers. Uh, you know, the uh, the officials obviously didn't didn't help. You know, Rutgers in this one. I think it was it was like twenty six to twenty six to fifteen in 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 the fouls category. Uh, so obviously, you know, that didn't help Rutgers there. And a, a lot of a lot of, and obviously Purdue got, Purdue got away with a lot of things um, also. But um, but yeah, I mean, in the in the grand scheme of things, I mean, losing to you know, a team like Purdue, a high quad one team, you know, top top ten in the country. Um, it's it's not going to hurt you know Rutgers' chances for the NCAA tournament, you know, whatsoever. Um, in fact, it might actually help because it was a close game and it was obviously a, a neutral court. Um, so you know, Rutgers, Rutgers, it was it was definitely like obviously they lost the game, but like in the grand scheme of things, like you know, it, it's not really like a loss loss, but um, yeah, so. Yeah, this shouldn't affect their net ranking at all. Yeah. Um, Rutgers showed well. I mean, they were a five-and-a-half or a six-and-a-half point underdog, depending on when you got the bet in, and Rutgers yep. covered. I <laughs> saw some tweets about how the loudest cheer in the arena was after Oscar Palmquist hit that late bucket to put Rutgers down only five. <laughs> um, I think some, some key takeaways for me is that while Derek Simpson creates a lot on offense – he also needs to get better finishing around the rim. And that'll sure. come with time. That'll come with, like, another year in the, the, the weight training program. But he re- he missed some really crucial layups late in the game. Um, I think the offense is too centered around, like, getting the ball to Cliff in the block mm-hmm. or getting, you know, giving him the ball at the top of the screen, at the top of the key and just expecting him to make a good pass. He's not a great passer. No. And every time he touches the ball and stops dribbling, he's just, yep. like, looking around frantically trying to find a guard or find a, a wing to get the ball to. I'm honestly surprised he doesn't turn it over more often when he's, mm-hmm. when he's in that situation. 
I thought Paul had another really good game. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul's really bounced back. But, I mean, the key to this game was the officiating. Sure. Going back to that, like, yeah. the, the foul discrepancy in the first half was 11 to, th- to 4. Mm-hmm. Coach Peichel was asked at halftime, and this is reported by the sideline reporter, you know, what is the big, you know, big difference in this game right now? And he just said 11 to 4. That was his reaction. Yep. So, I mean, we had guys in foul trouble, like, uh, Derek Simpson had to sit out for a lot of the first half because of foul trouble. Cam Spencer had to sit out a good chunk of the game because of foul trouble. Three of our guys ended up with three fouls, or sorry, three of our guys ended up with four fouls. Two, three ended up with three fouls. One guy, Caleb McConnell, fouled out. Yep. Uh, I thought the game kind of hinged on some really iffy uh, foul calls, and I'll, yep. I'll go to two specific examples. Uh, midway through the, the second half, and the Rutgers just starting to make its comeback or just right within the game, within like three seconds of game time, yeah. Cliff had two fouls called on him to go from two to four, which, you know, took him out of the game. Yep. And then a few minutes later, um, we were, you know, full court pressing and it was really working. Purdue, just, you know, their their young guards were showing their inexperience and they were turning the ball over a few times. And I think it was 60 to 56. Derek Simpson is taking the ball to the hole. The Purdue defender jumps in the air. Yep. Before contact, and Derek Simpson, you know, runs into him. Textbook, you know, blocking foul. They call a charge. Yep. Those were the two biggest kind of turning points, in my opinion, of the game. What were some other moments that stand out to you as turning points, Chris? Yeah, actually, in my in my quick recap that I wrote, I put the turning point was when Cliff got his fourth foul there. I think they had four fouls mm-hmm. overall in like fourteen second, you know, span there. Uh, so obviously, you know, that's one way, you know. I'm, I'm sure, I mean, I don't know if the Big Ten officials have, like, some kind of, like, quota to me, but they're like, oh, man, Purdue, you know, Purdue has more fouls than Rutgers. Oh, we got to switch this real quick. So, but, um, yeah, I know, actually, after the Caleb foul, too, Caleb had a foul toward toward, toward midcourt, and, uh, you know, he had a little chat with Matt Painter right after that. I mean, I don't know exactly what uh, Matt Painter said, but, but Caleb just said, uh, you know, Caleb said in the press conference that, uh, Coach Painter was saying, just saying, you know, it was it was it was a good play. He thought, you know, it was clean and whatnot. But um, yeah, but the fishing this one definitely definitely wasn't, uh, you know, on on record side here. Um, I thought I thought some other other you know key key moments in the game was was really when Rutgers was starting to get you know the turnovers from the press late in the game. Um, they just couldn't able to finish. I know I know you referenced the uh, the the Derek Simpson kind of kind of uh, charge block call there. Uh, but otherwise, too, I mean, they missed a, a couple layups at the rim after they got the steals. Um, so I, at, at some point, you're going to have to have to make those. Um, I mean, if they did, obviously, if they made like one more, that that would have been uh, a, a huge deal there. Um, and another thing that I, you know, thought of, you know, throughout the game was when uh, Purdue wasn't really shooting the ball well at all. You know, you know, from from uh, from deep, uh, but they they were able to get you know the last second three pointer at the end of the first half uh, with like three seconds left by uh, Mason Gillis. And then um, toward, you know, at some point in the second half, they made like three, three, four in a row. And that really um, kind of gave momentum back to Purdue. I think it was 50 to 46. I know, I know David Jenkins made it three and uh, Ethan, Ethan, uh, Ethan Morton made it three. So um, it get, and then Rutgers called a timeout right after that and kind of, you know, switched things around. But I thought, I thought um, other than the things you said, you know, the, the, the three pointers there by Purdue were, were big for them as well. Yeah, Rutgers really came out on fire offensively too. Yeah. If you just take a look at like the start of the game, they started the game six of eight shooting. 
They got up to a 17-5 lead. Um, and then, you know, they started taking some bad shots. Cliff took that deep shot on the outside. Jalen Miller took two threes that he airballed. Yeah. Like, we, we were really good with shot selection to start the game. But as the game wore on, I, so after that for six for eight start, um, we went 19 for 54 from the, from the yep. field. So we shot 35% the rest of the game, the final 32 minutes of the game. So Rutgers just, they need to be more consistent on offense in order to kind of win these tight games because you can't shoot 35% from the field against a really good Purdue team and expect to win. Um, yeah. And that's what they did for 80% of that game. Yeah, I was also real quick going going back to the uh, foul foul thing before. Um, you know, obviously the the whole disparity, but there there was one play too where uh, Zach Eady, you know, pushed uh pushed Anton Wolfolk twice in the back with two hands and like nothing was yes. going. He did it twice in one play and then he got dunk. You know, I mean, I don't know what I don't, I don't know what else Antoine was supposed to do there. I mean, he 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 said he said he he was talking to to the official right away after that. I mean. It was blatant, you know. Zach Eady, big, big dude. You know, I mean, come on. I mean, you, you have to call it. I don't care if he's big. Yeah, you, you have to call that. I hundred percent agree. Uh, this is a problem where you know we expect the the, the home cooking in the Big Ten sure. from yeah, these yeah, referees yeah. because you've experienced enough of it. It happens. <laughs> it sucks, but it is what it is. The star treatment that we've seen so far in the Big Ten tournament is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like yesterday, Hunter Dickinson was getting the same kind of treatment where. Nothing was getting called against him. He was getting every little push, every little ticky-tack thing called for him. Same mm-hmm. thing happened with Edie today. Like, dude didn't have anything called against him. He had one foul called on him for, like, the first, like, 30 minutes of the game. And mm-hmm. just being a big man, that's, like, really hard to do if you're mm-hmm. playing decent defense. So that's one thing. But I also thought, you know, give give credit to that kid, Mason Gillis. He tore sure. us apart. He had five first-half offensive rebounds. He was seven for eight shooting. He hit that big three to end the half to put them yep. ahead going into halftime. That dude was just lights out today. He just he was in the right place at the right time a bunch of times, coming up with key rebounds, you know, finding open shooters, just like hitting knockdown shots. We we didn't have an answer for Mason Gillis today. Yeah, yeah, he finished. He think he made his first uh, five or six shots. Uh, he ended up seven for eight in the game. He made two threes. Uh, he was four or six from the from the free throw line. Nine rebounds. Uh, like you said, five five on the offensive side. Um, yeah, he uh, he also had an assist, thirty two minutes. So yeah, Rutgers uh, definitely wasn't able to con- to contain him. But at the same time, I thought they they did a good job on Edie, even though he still had double double with sixteen points, eleven rebounds. Um, I I didn't think Edie really was like the game changer in, in, in this one. I thought Rutgers did a no. really good job. Yeah, I thought really good. I thought I thought Rutgers did a really good job. You know, kind of kind of double teaming him, um, especially early. You know, they had a couple steals off him when they tried to get him the ball. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, also at the end he had he kind of got mixed up with Paul there and got and got the and got the flagrant. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. And at the same time, I feel like there was a second technical that should have been called on Edie when he he had that dunk in the second half where he mm-hmm. hung on the rim and then like swirled around. Like it was pretty clear that that should have been a technical in my eyes, and they didn't call him for that. Like it was just a calamity all around, honestly. Sure. Like they shot twenty seven three throws, we shot thirteen. Right. Yep. Like I don't know. I'm just I hate bringing up officiating as much as I do, but I, I was talking to a few like I went into a, a spaces hosted by Ant Wright after the game. Mm-hmm. And I was like 
you guys give me an honest opinion because it was an Indiana host and a Michigan host. Okay. I was like, am I just being a homer here? Or did the officiating the last two days against Rutgers just like, was it just as horrible as I think it was? And mm-hmm. both of them agreed. Like, mm-hmm. Ant Wright is a Michigan guy, and the other guy, I forget his name, but he's an Indiana guy. And like, normally, <laughs> the Indiana guy said, normally, when fan bases bitch about refereeing, I just, you know, kind of write them off and tell them, right. you, know, you know, that's just the way the game's played. But he's like, you guys had a legitimate gripe today. Just bitch as much as you want because that was awful. So <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that there was some unbiased viewpoints saying that the, the, the refereeing was terrible as well because it was just terrible, 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 yeah. terrible. And I'm going to keep using that word. Sure. Yeah. And then, like, you know, for, you know, even despite all that, I mean, it was only a five-point a five point loss. Like, like Rutgers played extremely yeah. well in this one. Like, <clears throat> so – you can't you can't do much more. And after our, you know every everything going against you, totally, totally, only lose by five uh, is is pretty impressive. And I thought I think I think Rutgers right now is playing with playing with a lot of confidence. I mean they they kind of found its identity on on defense, especially they've been playing really really well defensively. I kind of think they found a little bit of an offensive rhythm with Derek Simpson kind of kind of running the show. And um, <clears throat> I, th- I think Derek Simpson like even he only had like uh, like two like official rebounds today, but I thought he was very, very fearless. Like he was going up with Zach Eady trying trying to get yeah. get rebounds. Like he didn't he didn't he didn't get them, but he was tipping it a little bit. I mean he he wasn't scared. Uh you know, mm-hmm. I think we've seen that a lot of times this year. And I've said that a bunch too. He he's just fearless. He doesn't care um, you know, that that he's a freshman. You know, at this point in the game, you know, you're basically basically a sophomore at the, at this stage of the season. But um yeah. So I th- I thought he thought he played well. He had he led Rutgers with at uh, eighteen points though. So. Yeah, he just – he was very confident today. I mean, he shot five for 16, and, you know, we, there was a few late-game buckets that were not great shots, but you take yep. them because you have to. But I I, I don't know. I, I think he's he's clearly got a very high ceiling. He's a guy that I'm excited to see how he <clears throat> develops in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he just probably needs to add some weight and to get better at finishing around the rim. Uh I'm trying to look through the box score to see anything else that stands out to me. I mean, Andre Hyatt, there's yeah. just got to be a yeah. wanted poster, or not a wanted, a missing poster put up for him. Like, we could really use a guy like Andre Hyatt to give us, you know, a solid six to eight minutes where he's, mm-hmm. you know, hitting some knockdown open shots and, you know, providing some kind of offensive spark. He's also usually one of the better, like, offensive or one of the better rebounding guards that Rutgers mm-hmm. has, and he hasn't really made an impact there. I thought he could have. He could have been useful there today, but he didn't get any rebounds today. I, I don't know how many minutes he played. Uh, like, he played. Uh, I, yeah, I think so there's was, a lot. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no he, good. Was, he was. Uh, he played. He only played six minutes, and he was minus eight, and that was one of the worst on the team. I remember uh, he was over two shooting. Yeah. I remember he had kind of like a, a d- defensive like missed assignment or something, and the and Purdue was able to score against them. So. The Rutgers definitely needs more from him, you know. Obviously, going forward, if they want to make make any, any type of run anywhere. Yeah, I think it's telling that in, you know Jalen Miller probably hasn't played in a month, and in both Big Ten games he's getting minutes, or Big Ten tournament games he, he's getting minutes in games that Rutgers probably feels like they need. Um, that kind of speaks volume to to where Rutgers is at right now that they're having to rely on Jalen Miller, you know for serious minutes because, I mean, he's a great defender, no doubt about that. But mm-hmm. I was – I think we all collectively probably gasped every time he shot today. 
and he only shot three times. And I was yep. surprised he made one of the three. Um, but it's nice to, you know, sometimes when you see one go in, in the hoop, they just boost your confidence so much. Yep. So if he's, you know, we'll, we'll see if he's got anything, maybe if he's back next year, because I don't know. I, he hasn't played for a reason. I'll just say that. Right. I don't know the reason, but he, we could, we could use more, more guys on this team to, yeah. to you know, I, I, in general, I, I think I think you see the reason why he hasn't played. I know I know Pike was like his defensive guys, but his offensive game is just not there. I know he airballed, he yeah. airballed like like those two shots. Um, you know the one time he he made the bucket. You know Purdue didn't even defend him. It was like watching like like uh, yeah. Russell like Russell Westbrook or, or or Ben Simmons getting getting guarded in the NBA. So uh, I mean I mean credit to him mm-hmm. for making that one for making that one uh, you know mid range mid range jumper there, but. Um, yeah, other than that, I mean, yeah, he he didn't look good uh, on offense. But, yeah, I mean, he did bring it defensively, and I think it was his birthday yesterday, Pike said. So, um, yeah, I yep. mean, yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, if you looked at how we've won some of these games late in the season, it's because we had some timely bench scoring, whether it be from yep. Oscar. It doesn't even have to be much. Yep. Like Oscar, Wolfolk, uh, Andre Hyatt. Like, we need those guys to come in. Like Oscar Pompus went over three from yep. three today. That's his shot. If he gets mm-hmm. if he gets a wide open ball kicked to him in the corner, he's got to hit it at yep. like fifty percent. And he missed all three of those. Andre Hyatt had a few wide open threes at the top of the key that he missed. So I mean, we went over six from three from the bench, and you know, you make two of those and we win the game. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Simple yeah. Purdue out. So. Yeah. Yeah. Purdue outscored Rutgers twenty-one to eight off the bench. I mean. Obviously, we know Rutgers yep. doesn't have the best bench in the world, and obviously, it, it took a hit when uh, when Mag went down. But uh, but now you see the depth of a team like Purdue, you know what they have, at, you know, at their disposal. But um, yeah, I mean, just just yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, we we kind of know that Rutgers doesn't have a big bench, I and mean, we kind of saw it last year when like it was basically all starters getting the points, you know, in in the later stage of the season, and even the NCAA tournament game against Notre Dame it was like. <laughs> No, no, no bench, all starters. So, uh, Rutgers definitely is going to have to bring in some depth next season, and uh, you know, ho- hope some guys return this year, and maybe they'll they'll be better next year, and uh, you know, provide that boost off the bench. Yeah, and I mean, if you take a look at Purdue's bench, it's kind of wild. They have a guy. Uh, so, <laughs> number fourteen's name is uh, David Jenkins. Mm-hmm. He's on his fourth stop in college. So he played yeah. at San Diego state his first two years, then UNLV, then Utah, and now Purdue. He's made 84 career starts before he got to Purdue. He has made a single start this year. Mm-hmm. He averaged 15 points per game in his first three years, mm-hmm. like th- 15 plus. So he had 16.1, uh, 19.7 and 15.0, uh, his two years at San Diego state and his one year at UNLV. And he's coming off the bench for them. He's playing 15 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. And you saw what a guy like that coming off the bench who, he has some confidence. He has a lot of experience. Yep. That dude hit so many ugly three. He hit. He, he went four for four off the bench. He hit that one super. He hit two threes in a row, and then they. He didn't hit the third one, but uh, on three straight possessions, Purdue hit a three at the beginning mm-hmm. of the second mm-hmm. half, which kind of put the game out of reach for Rutgers. Yep. And that's kind of like the difference. They just had they had a, a deeper team because when when Cliff went out, they just feasted. They yep. feasted in the middle, like they were just getting anything they wanted. And that, that was kind of it. Rutgers didn't have the the horses to keep up. Yeah, but and then I do when, think there's when, a lot to you know keep your head head held high about this game though. They, yeah, they didn't look bad. That too. When when Cliff when Cliff got his fourth foul, he went out, but he didn't stay out for very long. Like he came right back no, in, like maybe no. like a minute minute or two later, top. So 
Yeah, because Wolfolk, you know, they, that was the, the stretch where Edie pushed off him with two hands. Wolfolk yep, picked yep. up a couple quick fouls. Like, Wolfolk, I lo- I really like his potential, but he's still, I think, got a little too much of a football mindset. Um, <laughs> okay. There's so many times he's gotten called for fouls, like, away from the ball or, you know, when the guy's trying to position on him and he just kind of, like, you know, gives him an elbow. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yep. But what else uh, from this game stood out to you? And, and how are you feeling about Rutgers' chances uh, in terms of the NCAA tournament now? Yeah, the NCAA tournament, um, <clears throat> I, I, I think I think they're going to be in. I mean, I don't know if maybe this yep. means Dayton or not, but I think they're going to be in. I know heading into today, they were um, an 11 seed on Bracket Matrix, which is, you know, if anyone doesn't know, it's like a compilation of like a bunch of – whole bunch of – hundreds of brackets. Um, so they were – uh, comfortably an 11 seed there. Um, like I said earlier, like the only only a five five point loss to Purdue. They they were up by 12. Um, it's obviously a good showing by but but Rutgers here. Um, you know, but it you know who knows? I mean, you you obviously have <clears throat> a bunch of other bid stealers uh, from from other conferences. But um, I, I I think Rutgers has shown a lot. You know, this season. I mean, they beat Purdue on the on the road. We're talking about Purdue being being this great team. And they were the first to to crack the code. They were the first to beat Purdue yeah. uh, on 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 the road, no less. I mean, actually, it's funny because uh, Steve Puckett said was talking about how um, you know, obviously the Michigan State game was home, uh, technically a home game at Madison Square Garden. He was actually he was quite he was quite mad about that saying in the press conference. He you know he he referenced it. He was uh, that you know we don't practice there. He you know it was it was a Knicks home court. You know we don't shoot there. Uh, you know Michigan State band was there. Everything like that. So. He he sees that as kind of like a neutral a, a neutral court court game. Um, obviously they beat Michigan State there. Um, they beat Wisconsin. They beat Ohio State. Um, they beat um, and they have they have so many wins. They have they beat Indiana when when Indiana was was uh, having a good start to the season. So they have very very much uh, very a very good amount of quality wins. Um, obviously, um, you know we're kind of having this conversation because they did have that rough stretch uh, in February and then they lost to, to Minnesota in, in the stunner. Um, so that's obviously a big reason why we're having this conversation. You know, is Rutgers going to be in? Is Rutgers not going to be in? Um, but, but if, if if you ask me right now, I think I think Rutgers will will be in. Uh, what seed they are? Where where are they going to be Dayton or not? I don't I don't know. But um, I'm going I'm going to I'm going to say they that they won't be in Dayton because all their other metrics are, are so good. Um, right now, I think uh, they're still yeah. 35th in Campom. I mean, in the net coming in, they were in like the 30s and 40s. All the other metrics, uh, you know. Bartovic, uh, Bartovic, Sagarin, uh, ESPN, BPI—they're all in the 30s and 40s. Um, so, I mean, obviously, 68 teams make make, make the dance. So, um, I, you know, if if you ask me right now, I, I think they're comfortably in. And um, I, I, yeah, obviously, the the win against Michigan yesterday was 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 obviously phenomenal for them. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, believe it or not, so Rutgers actually moved up in Ken Palm after the Purdue game. Because okay. Ken Palm's updates almost immediately, whereas yep. Net updates at 9 a.m. the following day. So Rutgers came into today with uh, Ken Palm 36th, mm-hmm. and they're now at Ken Palm 35. And could that be because other game, you know, teams, you know, look poor and Net moved Rutgers up? I don't know. But Rutgers did move up in the Ken Palm. I don't think this will knock them down in the Net. It might move them mm-hmm. up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know exactly how the formula works. I know if you have a good showing, even in a loss, it can move you up uh, against right. uh, high, especially high quad one teams. But if you look at a lot of the teams that are on the bubble with Rutgers, 
Rutgers mm-hmm. metrics look pretty damn good compared to a lot of these teams. So yep. Rutgers, like you said, is currently 38th in the net. I imagine they'll stay within two places plus or minus of 38 mm-hmm. um, tomorrow. So the other teams on the bubble that I'm aware of are Nevada, who is 39th in the net. Uh, Oklahoma State is 30, 42nd in the net. NC State is 45th in the net. Clemson's 51st in the net. Penn State's 54th in the net. Arizona State is 60th in the net, and Pittsburgh is 67th in the net. Mm-hmm. And if you look at all those teams, Rutgers has 10 wins against quad one or quad two teams. Nevada has has seven. Mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma State is 10. NC State has eight, and they're one in six against quad one teams. Rutgers is five and six. Clemson has seven quad one or quad two wins. Penn State has 10 quad one or two wins. Arizona State is nine. Pittsburgh has seven. So Rutgers, I mean, their, their resume stacks up. The, the really the only thing you can point to that is a true negative is the four quad three losses. Yep. Like other than that, Rutgers should be in easily. That's really the only thing you can point to and say this is concerning. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm and, surprised and, honestly. And, there's so many people doubting Rutgers' chances to get into the, the NCAA tournament. Sure, and, and and they have a lot of, and and they have a lot of road slash neutral wins this season. You know, the gripe yep. in the past against Rutgers was. You know, it can only it can only win at home, but they have quite a few quite a few you know road wins this season. Uh, you know, and and mm-hmm. they they kind of quite and they kind of really play better on the road in in some cases. Um, so, I mean, obviously they the NCAA committee takes that all, all into account. And then um, a report came out uh, a couple of days ago that the NCAA is um, they're 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 well aware of the fact that you know the Big Ten came out and said you know. Uh, that the Ohio State uh, win, you know, shouldn't have, shouldn't have counted uh, for for the Buckeyes. Now, and so that only adds another uh, quad quad one or two, you know, road win there for Rutgers, you know, quote, quote unquote. Uh, so that only helps them there as well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, uh, you know, Rutgers resume stacks up. I know, I know, last year, uh, you know, we talked about the eye test, and you know, you know, look at Rutgers in the eye test, not their metrics. You know, this year's kind of kind of kind of is is kind of the opposite, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean the NCAA committee has so many things that they look at, and um, you know, Rutgers, you know, for what they look at, the Rutgers resume stacks up for sure. Yeah, I agree. I I hope that uh, I hope my inkling is correct, but I don't think we're going to go to Dayton. I think yep. we'll probably be a high eleven seed, which is kind of where you want to be ideally, because <laughs> you have to assume like. The difference between like a six and an eight seed isn't very much. Mm-hmm. But the difference between a one and a three seed is huge. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about between the first round opponent and the second round opponent. So if we're a nine seed, let's say, let's say, you know, we win against Minnesota and we win against Ohio State, we're probably like a nine seed. Right. We're playing against Nate, who's a pretty good team, roughly the same as like a six seed. Mm-hmm. And we got to play one of these really juggernaut one seeds in, in the NCAA tournament. Whereas a three seed, who knows who it is? It could be, you know, a Tennessee or uh, who else would be in that range? You know, a, a UConn or a Texas uh, or a Creighton. Like those teams are don't scare me nearly as much as Kansas. Don't nearly scare me as much as Houston or sure. Alabama or UCLA. Um, so I don't know. I think it could be a blessing in disguise if uh, we end up being an 11 seed, but not a Dayton yeah. 11 seed, just a regular yeah. 11 seed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then obviously, you know, Rutgers, obviously we, we, everyone knows Rutgers kind of sometimes can get into, get into scoring droughts, but no one wants to see them, you know, playing playing really good defense against them. I mean, no, I mean nobody wants yep. to see them, you know, in the NCAA tournament, 
you know, trying to get steals every play, everything like that, you know, guarding about face-to-face on the perimeter, uh, you know, full-court full court pressure in, in your face the whole the whole way up the court. I mean, even Matt Painter today said, you know, you don't want to face a team like Rutgers, the NCAA tournament, you know. They're going to frustrate you. They're going to be physical. And um, obviously, you know, the, the Big Ten, you know, they're used to that. That's what, you know, a lot of the teams do in the Big Ten. So, but uh, other teams might be shocked. Maybe, you know, it's, it's one thing to see it on film, but once you get out on the court, you know, they're going to have to to adjust. And, you know, uh, obviously Rutgers is going to have to score in the NCAA tournament. But, you know, defense at the end of the day, you know, could 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 bring you a championship. I'm not saying Rutgers obviously going to win anything. But uh, if you if you play defense, you give yourself a chance, you know, no matter what. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, now, ice turn to selection Sunday. Um, yep. Rutgers is, you know, obviously out of the Big Ten tournament now. I think Selection Sunday is at 6 p.m. on Sunday. So stay tuned to CBS because I'm sure a lot of you will be uh, watching as, as we will. Um, I do think that we shouldn't be as worried as some people are because I do feel pretty confident about Rutgers' chances, mm-hmm. um, especially if there's not like a, a rash of uh, bid stealers. Yesterday was a pretty good overall day for Rutgers in that sense. So I think there's – I think Broad Wachtel just put out a list of teams that – uh, Rutgers fans should be rooting for to avoid bid stealers. So yep. um, check out that tweet to, to kind of see the rooting interests. Uh, but that's kind of all I got um, for me and yeah. Chris. This has been another edition. Oh, you got something else? No, no, no. You're good. You're good. All right. So me and Chris this has been another edition of the Night Report Podcast. Signing off. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.